Some of the best and most reliable forward indicators continue to flash serious and stronger recession signals. The probability of an outright contraction keeps getting higher and higher with each successive release. Now this business cycle is taking forever, yet it still has all of the features of a cycle. There's these forward indicators, we've got labor data, income statistics, even short-term interest rates. Now, you remember we started out this month, or at least this, this part of the month, or this part of the data cycle, with an absolute crash in the Empire Fed's manufacturing survey. That was followed up with some more bad news from the rest of the regional surveys, including this final one for the month of January from Dallas and Texas. And the numbers have been increasingly grim. They weren't as bad as Empire's, which were down among the lowest in the entire survey, but that doesn't mean they were good. Far from it. More of the survey looks like the empire numbers than anything resembling some other statistics that we've gotten recently. And remember, these are forward-looking indicators among manufacturing, and manufacturing is a proxy for demand across the entire economy. So like I said, we got the Dallas Fed surveys today, the Texas Manufacturing Outlook survey, which was minus 27.4, which is down sharply in January from December, uh, minus 27.4 was actually the second worst of this entire cycle, almost reaching May's minus 30. The new orders index was down a little bit further. The production number, I think that's the one we should focus in on here, at minus 15.4, that was the, the worst of this entire cycle, which means that Texas manufacturers have been working through their what little sales they've had, lower sales, they've worked through backlogs, and now... They don't appear to have all that many left. And that's always been the key cyclical issue. New orders are falling, but there's still some work to be done, manufacturing through various stages. But as new orders don't replace products that have shipped, then you have a problem because eventually you have nothing left to do. And then shipments start to dwindle. And when shipments start to dwindle, you take a look at your labor force and think, what am I going to do with all of these workers? I don't have new orders coming in and I don't have anything left for them to do. I'm not even shipping all that much anymore. So the Texas Manufacturing Survey, like the Empire Fed, we're seeing new lows there. Minus 15.4. Again, that's the worst of the cycle. And it had been plus 1.2 in December. So a sharp drop, drop off in January in Texas as well as New York, increasing the probability that something is going on here. Also, the employment figure. Because as we said, if we don't have sales coming in, we've got no backlogs left, and shipments are starting to fall, that's when as a manufacturer or any reasonable firm, you would take a look at your payrolls and think, I have too many payrolls. Even though I want to keep as many workers as I possibly can, at some point, if I don't see a turnaround in business, and Christmas 2023 was maybe the last chance for a lot of these businesses, they don't see a turnaround in their business, they do have to take a hard look at all of their employees, even if they don't want to get rid of them. Even if the, the propensity to hoard workers is higher now than it had been in any cycle in recent memory, there does come a limit. But that's one reason why the cycle has been so long to begin with. We haven't seen the mass waves of layoffs. But more and more to end last year and now to start this year, we see increasingly troubling labor market statistics that suggest at the end of what is a, a cycle, we do see a rising, a rising probability that layoffs are going to begin. And here's one of them, just one manufacturing survey, but like, like the Empire Fed, and like the averages across the entire regional Fed surveys, there's five of them, and I'll get to those in just a second, 
there's more and more indications that we're getting closer and closer to that point. I know we've been saying that for however many months here, but again, that's the cycle. The cycle has been prolonged, but it is still a cycle. The comments from the Texas Manufacturing Survey, there were a few positive comments as there always are, but the, the vast majority of the entire balance were a read a selection for you here. Current macroeconomic conditions are not encouraging. After a busy fourth quarter, the start of 2024 has been slower than planned. My view of 2024 has changed. I had thought 2024 would be a good year, but I see signs of trouble ahead, which will be disrupted. That's food manufacturing and plastics and rubber. The current state of the oil market is slowing. This is resulting in a noticeable reduction in new orders. The first and second quarters of the year will be challenging. Things may pick up near the end of the third quarter. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, fourth quarter or early 2025. Primary metal. Lots of bad vibes out there, but orders are not down as much as I would have expected. And that's kind of what this cycle has become. It's, it's still a cycle, but we still don't ever get to, or doesn't, we don't seem to reach that final stage. It's like going down an unending road toward the, a direction you don't want to go in, but you, you're forced to continue to go down that road and you still can't see the end coming. There's bad vibes are heading in the wrong place, but we don't quite get to that place just yet. So again, this still is a cycle and it looks like we're getting there. From computers, a key, key cyclical indication here. We have seen a decrease in quote opportunities, quote request, and sales order. I'm not sure the reason why. And that's, I think, a point that's shared among a lot of businesses all throughout the global economy, not just in the U.S. We keep seeing these bad vibes, but it doesn't lead to that that unambiguous plunge that we all associate with recession. We keep coming up short of that, though it keeps coming up over and over again. But it's not just Texas. It's not just the Dallas Fed. We've got all five of the Fed regional manufacturing surveys in hand, and the averages, well, they're increasingly ugly. As I mentioned, Empire just utterly collapsed. Texas's survey didn't utterly collapse, but it did crash pretty substantially. The um, Philly Fed was basically unchanged. That was the best of the bunch. It was slightly higher, but still mid-level negative. Richmond was down further negative. Kansas City's, which is always up at the upper end of the averages and upper end of the range, that was actually down sharply in January too. So coming off of Christmas 2023, according to the Fed's own data in its survey of regional manufacturers, it didn't appear as Christmas was all that good to begin with, as I mentioned in a recent video. Instead, hoping that Christmas would oversell, therefore clear out a whole bunch of inventory and have retailers and wholesalers start ordering up new stuff to be produced again, it appears as if the opposite has happened. Christmas didn't sell enough. Retailers and wholesalers are saying, we got left with too much product that we were hoping to sell. And now we really got to cut, we really got to cut back a big time starting in 2024 because Christmas was that one final chance to clear everything up and clear everything out. For the strong and resilient economy, as far as manufacturing is concerned, and retail and goods to actually live up to the hype. So when you take the five regional Fed surveys, again, that's Empire, that's New York, Philadelphia, Richmond, Kansas City, and Dallas, you put those five together, and the average for January 2024 was, oh boy, minus 21.1. 1. 
That's down sharply from minus 9.9 in December and minus 5.5 back in November, which had been on somewhat of an upswing. Heading into Christmas, the, the less of a contraction as there was some optimism that lend the end of last year, the strong, resilient labor market that we keep hearing about would eventually bail out the rest of the economy. But December already started to go lower and then January, a big plunge. Now, Empire was a big part of the average, but as I said, it's not just Empire. The balance of the, the three of the other four, certainly, but the balance of the regional Fed surveys look more like empire than not. The new orders average, minus 23. Now, these are new cycle lows here for these averages, which means we enter 2024 at a worse point. Again, we were on a bit of an upswing to the end of last year, and then December and January, it seems like everything really fell off sharply. So let's put these regional Fed surveys into some context because that's what we're all ultimately trying to figure out here. Do these surveys actually correspond with periods when we see outright contractions in the U.S. economy? Or are we getting some false positives? And there have been periods along the way of the last 15 years, these near recessions that we experienced for... The near recessions that we experienced, say, in 2019, which may have been a recession, we'll never know for sure, but there was a near recession, a really severe manufacturing recession in 2015-16, as well as 2011 and 2012, which led the Fed to do QE. In fact, there's QE at the end of 2012, as well as 2019. But you could do some comparisons here. In 2019, the worst the regional Fed average ever got was minus three. And that was in the middle of 2019 as we went through the recession scare in the bond market with the bond market inverting. And the average of the five for new orders was only minus 0.6. Not minus six, minus 0.6. So in the minus 20s, we're well worse than any at any point 2018 or 2019. The severe manufacturing recession that very nearly became an outright recession in 2015-2016. The lowest the average of these surveys got back then, just minus 12.4. So it already almost doubled the worst part, worst part of what had been the worst manufacturing near recession in the 15 years since the Great Recession, quote unquote, of, in 2008-2009. During that also near recession, in 2011 and 2012, the worst we got in terms of the Fed surveys was about a minus six, and that was in the middle of 2012, uh, minus five for new orders. And again, just a couple months after those happened, the Federal Reserve was doing QE3 and QE4. Yes, there were four QEs before we got to 2013. So that was enough weakness and enough obvious weakness that it scared the pants off of Ben Bernanke, who was by then used to having his pants scared off of him. So while not recession, those were weak enough to provoke a response in the Federal Reserve. And the current numbers, of course, again, from the regional Fed manufacturing in January 2024, those are level that are consistent with only recessions, not near recessions, not recession scares, but actual and outright recessions. Go back to 2008. There were low level negatives in the manufacturing surveys around minus 10, minus 15, up until September 2008, when the bottom fell out under everything. Then by October, you saw minus 31.8. New orders was at minus 25.5. So October 2008 is not far off where it comes to manufacturing in, in, uh, from the perspective of Fed regional surveys as January 2024. And we go back further. And go back to the 2001 cycle, though in 2001, we didn't have nearly as many regional Fed surveys. The Empire Fed, along with the um, Kansas City Fed, showed up in 
uh, July of 2001, which is in the middle of the dot-com recession. And the Dallas Fed didn't start until 2004, but we did have Richmond and Philadelphia. And the average of those two in 2001 was about 23.8, or new orders at about 23.7. So right of where everything is in January 2024. So again, if we're looking at the probability that the U.S. economy is in recession, these PMIs are telling us that they're consistent with periods that in the past have been outright recession. We're way past the near recessions, the manufacturing recessions. These averages are consistent with an economy in recession. So either something big has changed in terms of the economic processes or we are looking at that level of serious weakness, which has raised the probability the U.S. economy, regardless of GDP and all the past statistics in 2023, suggests that 2024 might finally be the end stage of what still is a cycle. Because that's what we're really talking about here. This one has been an incredibly long cycle, even for the Fed regional surveys. You look at the period leading up to the 2008 crash, the real recession part of the Great Recession, which was September 2008 forward, you had a lead time where the Fed manufacturing surveys and other data too looked weak but not necessarily recessionary for about nine or 10 months before that. We have something similar happening here, except the lead up to what may be the final stage of recession has been about twice as long. We're talking about 20 or 21 months, which makes many people think the recession can't possibly be happening if we're just in kind of shallow, weird, ambiguous weakness for that long of a period of time. That must be a strong economy, which is weathering the headwinds just fine, rather than a weak economy that continues down the road of a cycle that is still a cycle. Some other real telltale signs of a business cycle that is obviously slowing incomes, which is behind a lot of this. After the huge artificial introductions and interventions in 2021 in particular, incomes have been slowing down. Nominal terms as well as real terms have been actually worse in real terms because Americans and their counterparts around the world continue to fall behind because of the price changes over the last couple of years. But even nominal incomes have been slowing down, slowly slowing down over the last several years. And according to data that was released on Friday by the Bureau of Economic Analysis, personal income and personal spending, where it comes to personal income, we have a growing income problem in the U.S. We've had a big income problem, but now it's slowing down in nominal terms too. Starting out in the real terms though, real personal income excluding transfer receipts, which is one of the key income categories that even the NBER watches to declare a recession, that one was pretty weak in December, just 0.15% month over month. It had been much stronger in November, almost four times the growth rate, and had been double that in October. But up until then, we had two months, October, November. But before then, going back to April, incomes in real terms without counting government, uh, government transfers had been incredibly weak. And in December, it looks like incomes went to be weak again, which kind of consistent with the household survey was telling us about the labor market environment to end last year. It also would be consistent with a disappointing Christmas, but the spending numbers according to the BAA were different. But focused here on income, real disposable personal income also had a bad month in December, just 0.09% increase. Again, better in November and October, and then weak in the months leading up to it. So as far as income goes, not a good summer. In fact, it was negative in terms of real real DPI. 
And then a, a couple months where disinflation actually helped out in real terms. So you got October, November that was better before right back down into the crapper again in December, which kind of makes sense with what we're seeing in the regional Fed surveys. Now in nominal terms, what I think is the most important of all of these, nominal DPI was weak in December as well. That's why real DPI was weak. It wasn't some massive increase in consumer prices and therefore changing the real terms. It was, a, it was a already an incredibly weak nominal number, just 0.25% in December. November and October weren't as good in nominal terms as they were in real terms because disinflation helped out that, that comparison. And it had been weak before then too. So nominal incomes continue to slow along with the labor market. Just to give you some comparison here, on a three-month change through December, nominal DPI was up just 1%, which nominal terms is already comparable to some of these previous recession periods and near recessions we just talked about with the regional Fed surveys, whether it be 2015, 16, 2011, 12, or even 2008 up until the plunge. But we also have higher price changes, even though it's more disinflationary toward the end of last year. So real terms, Americans are suffering more from incomes and they don't have the nominal increases that we had seen over the months before the end of last year that had cushioned the blow and elongated this business cycle as much as it has been. So as long as the labor market continues to slow down, slow down and income slow down, eventually spending really has to fall off more than it already has. The personal savings rate in December, because incomes were so weak, the personal savings, personal savings rate fell to 3.7%, which is the lowest since 2022. Essentially, as I said, it looks like a cycle. It acts like a cycle. It is likely, most likely, a business cycle. As these Fed regional surveys get into clearly, solidly recessionary territory, that lowers the chances of something other than a general contraction because this isn't just about manufacturing. It's about all of these things being combined. It's about incomes, labor market, and a whole bunch more, including inventories and businesses' responses to all these weak inputs. They're hoarding workers for now, but they keep getting closer and closer to the point where they have to make a decision. We don't deviate off the path of recession. That's what the data is all, that's what it's saying. Even though we've been stuck on this path for what seems to be forever, we're still heading down the path to recession. And the probability of reaching that final stage continues to go up, even if it doesn't do so on anyone's time schedule. I got a chance to sit down with Mr. Hugh Hendry himself, the acid capitalist, just a couple days ago. Part of that interview, we put that up on YouTube. The rest of it, that's available for Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And if you are one, I thank you very much. I also thank you for joining me here. And until next time, take care.